Welcome to On The Real with L'Afrique. On today's episode, you'll be listening to an event L'Afrique Society held for International Stress Awareness Week. Our guest speakers were Life Beacon International and the LSE representatives for Nightline. They will talk you through ways in which you can deal with stress in your life. Enjoy. What it's like down here, and you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, it's bad, uh uh-huh. Uh, no. You want a sandwich? Um, Empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time, because you know what? Someone just shared something with us. It's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. At least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. (laughs) John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Awesome. So yeah, that was a quick um, video on kind of the whole point in um, empathy and um, sorry, I'm trying to get this back up again um, and kind of what it means to care for other people and to um, to care for your friends and make people's lives better, pretty much. So spoken a bit about empathy, but like, what is Nightline um, as a service? So basically we're a confidential listening service. Um, so people call us up, they talk through whatever they want to talk through and we will sit and listen. Um, we are run by students, for students. So anyone who rings Nightline will be talking to a trained student volunteer who understands kind of the, uh, the um, highs and lows of being a student, if you will. Um, I think some some people have the misconception about Nightline that we're um, we deal with incredibly important things or sorry incredibly serious or life-threatening things all the time um that we're a suicide hotline and whilst we can definitely be used for that um there is nothing you really can't talk about um tonight line um we will we will listen to you if you're having a really hard time with your mental health we will listen to you if you're walking home and it's dark there is there is nothing that is too big of a problem or too small of a problem for us basically it doesn't even have to be a problem it can just be you're bored and lonely in lockdown because i think we've we've all felt that at times um so our motto is we'll listen not lecture and basically what that means and what that embodies is we won't tell you what to do we won't judge you 
we won't tell you what you should be doing, how you should be feeling. We will just sit with you, like they said in that video, and, and sit with you and your feelings in that moment. Um, the other thing we can also do is provide information. So if someone comes to us with a specific problem, you can say, oh, this is someone who could help with that problem. Um, you could maybe contact this service, this person, and they might be able to help. Um, in terms of opening times, um, with the restrictions at the minute, we've had to partially close, which is very unfortunate. But um, currently you can IM us um, 8 p.m. until 2 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Once restrictions are a little bit lifted again, hopefully at the beginning of December, um, the phone is open 8 p.m. till 8 a.m. and the IM is 8 p.m. until midnight, kind of like an online texting thing. Um, so you can kind of text us and talk to one of our volunteers about whatever is on your mind. So why do we matter? Why does Nightline matter? Um, worldwide, um, it's approximately every, every 40 seconds that someone dies by suicide. That's about 800,000 per year, if I remember correctly. It's a huge amount of people who die by suicide, who die as a result of their own actions. And although it's hard to get an exact figure, um, the World Health Organization reckons that for every successful suicide by an adult, um, another 20 people will attempt to take their own lives. Um, and the way to prevent suicide, as well as good treatment, is to reach out. Um, you you cannot get access to treatment and things unless unless you reach out. And that can be a big step or a small step. Like it doesn't have to be going in there immediately. Um, and it's all very good and well me saying this to you guys, but why is it that I'm here specifically today? Um, so why do we matter to you as La Afric Society? So there's it's hard to find research on or to specific research on black and minority ethnic people um, and their mental health. However, most studies have shown that they tend to experience more mental health problems. Um, and there are loads and loads of different reasons for this. So for example, having to deal with racism, um, the fact that often they're from poorer socioeconomic statuses, um, cultural pressures, all kinds of things. Um, I mean, you can see the statistic there about black um, Caribbean people being seven times more likely to suffer from psychosis than white people. This isn't, this isn't genetic, it's due to the circumstances people have grown up in and it's never ever anything to be ashamed about. Um, there are also a lot of statistics that show that suicide rates are higher along, among young black men um, with Black Caribbean heritage, they're also higher along, um, among women. Um, and so that's kind of why we're here today is because studies have shown that people from minority ethnic groups often struggle with their mental health at disproportionate rates. And also they tend to reach out at disproportionately small rates as well, which goes into making these problems worse and making them snowball into an issue where someone eventually might end up taking their own life. Um, so why, why do people not reach out? Um, so firstly, people are terrified they're gonna be judged a lot of the time. Um, and sometimes that's really valid. Um, and sometimes someone will reach out and they'll have someone say to them like, oh, but why are you depressed? Oh, but you're making this up, whatever. And that, that's a reality um, and it sucks. But that stops a lot of people from reaching out because they're scared that that will happen to them. 
Um, cultural ex expectations can play a big part in it as well. Um, there are a lot of a lot of different cultures where um, speaking out about mental health can be seen as kind of making someone weak or making them kind of crazy or anything like that. And whilst that's not true, the pressure that someone's background has on them um, can sometimes can sometimes be really negative. Um, another reason is stigma. This can be both stigma coming from other people, like seeing offensive pictures and memes on online and things, and also kind of an internalized stigma. So a lot of people will really struggle to reach out because in their own head they don't want to admit they've got a problem they don't want to admit that what's going on in their head is not normal that they're um, potentially feeling different to other people or to whatever normal is um, another reason especially amongst people who are in developing countries or people who are from poorer areas is lack of access to resources sometimes people will know they've got a problem they'll be ready to reach out and the resources are simply not there um, and that's a really unfortunate fact of life, um, but it's it's a very big reason for why a lot of people don't reach out. So we've looked through those reasons, but where can you reach out? I think university is, on the one hand, a really amazing time to reach out because there's lots of resources, especially free resources, that can be really good for reaching out. However, it can also come with its own challenges, being away from family, um, being a completely new environment, um, a whole load of um, academic stress, um, things like that. So if this is something that you'd like to do, where where is it that you can go? Um, a good first step can be to call a helpline such as Nightline. There's other ones as well, for example, Samaritans, Sane Line, Papyrus. There's, you can Google them. There's loads. Um, and often what these are really good for is kind of making that initial first step because if someone reaches out to the nightline and says, hey, I think I'm struggling with stress, I think I'm struggling, I'm going to judge them. They know that we're not going to get that um, fear of judgment um, and stigma that they can get elsewhere, um, which can be really powerful. Um, and it can be a really good rehearsal almost. These um, counselling and discipline for people who are going through stress and mental health problems. Um, to maybe figure out the cause of that stress, figure out how we can mitigate it, that kind of thing. You can also go to your GP. Um, they can they can kind of refer you on to whatever's best for you. So, for example, the um, local um, the local facility. I feel like that's the wrong word for um, mental health services um, for anxiety and depression is um, Let's Talk Wellbeing. They can refer you to them and basically make sure you get the support you need. Also. Another, I feel like you guys are probably already pretty aware of the Ethnic Minorities Network and International Students Network, but they're, they're part of the LSU Welfare and Diversity section. Um, and whilst they're not specific for stress and mental health, it, I think it can be really powerful to have people who kind of relate to what you're going through and things that might be causing stress. Um, so, for example, International Students um, Network and um, for people who are maybe coming to the UK for the first time, it can be really good to have people who can kind of understand and to develop friendships with people who see where you're coming from. Um, I've actually been to International Students Networks um, events before. Um, I'm not international. Um, I went with Nightline and um, they were amazing, can confirm. So that can be a really good place to build community. So that's about it from me and from Nightline. Um, please, please, if you ever want to call us or well currently only i am us um we are always more than welcome 
um, more than happy to hear from you. Um, there is never a wrong time or reason to speak to us, either at Nightline or um, other services. So, does anyone have any questions? If you have any questions, don't be scared. Just turn your mic off and speak. Don't worry. <laughs> no no one's got any questions all right thank you so much for that that was that was very helpful um so now we are going to hear from life beacon international um and i'm going to give the floor to ruby the founder of life beacon international um so yeah ruby oh you're muted yeah hi everyone um i'm pleased to be here this evening to meet all of you. Um, Life Bacon uh, International is the advancement of education and empower people, most especially the, the minority group, and to give them, to support them in their education and also support them in, in terms of guiding them and providing knowledge that would help them to build their, their life as in build their foundation for their life. We, we mainly focus on education, career, leadership, faith, and relationship. So this evening, as part of this section, we would have three experienced resources who are also associates of Life Beacon International. And they would talk um, on education and career faith and relationship and I would like to introduce them to you before they talk so we'd have a panel where they would talk for 15 minutes each and then after that you can ask all the questions that you want to whilst they are talking you can actually put your questions in the chat so that when they are done your questions will be answered just so that you don't forget any um, question you plan to, to, to ask so the first resource person that would have is Stella Morris AC AC. So Stella is um, she she's she's an associate who has a degree in law that's LLB and is currently a master has a master's in HR from Sheffield. She practices in legal fields and also in HR, um, and she's done this for the past five years. She's married and she has. A daughter. We would also hear from a lady called Nanaya. She's an architect by profession. She's been in that industry for the past 10 years and she is a doctoral researcher in Loughborough Uni. She's also married and she's a Reverend Minister by calling. She's, she's going to talk to us about faith, how you can use faith to distress and to help you in your academic as well. And then would have the last session by Marianne Yabua. She is a pastor by calling, she pastors a church and she's, um, she has a postgraduate qualification in teaching and she's currently doing a master's course in psychology. And she, she's very passionate about 
um, the well-being of young people. And based on that, she has been doing so much work with well-being practitioners and being in support well-being. So I believe that these three people, resource people we have here, are going to talk to us about how to distress and how to be able to build our capacity in all these aspects so that we don't we, we don't have to get into a situation where we would need that kind of help so and um, without um, much i do i would invite um lady casey to take us through the first section so please don't forget put your questions in the chat so that after that they would answer all your questions thank you Hi everyone, good evening. Um, yeah, my name is Stella Maris Eze, or you can call me Stella. So, um, by the way, it's a privilege to be here. So I'm gonna be sharing my screen with you shortly and do pardon me, I've got cold. So I'm just gonna be sipping water from time to time. Right, so today, am I doing it right? Can you all see this? Yes, we can see it. Okay, great. I'm gonna run through this very quickly because this normally takes two days or three days training session. What I've managed to like suppress it and compress it as much as I can. So today I'll be talking to you on managing or distressing yourself in the area of your academics and career. So um, I love the video that was played. That's actually cleared a lot of things because I really don't want to go into what is stress, how do you deal with stress and what stress can lead too. Sorry, can everyone hear me? Okay. And I also love what um, um, the lady who's just spoken, I'm so sorry, I forgot your name now, and what you, what you talked about. So that's really laid a big foundation for me. So I think I can now kind of carry on from here. So the first question really is, um, are you prone to stress? And the answer is yes. In the society that we are today, whether we like it or not, is unavoidable. So everything around us actually ticks and hits stress bell. So what we, that's why we have to look more on how to manage it because you can't really avoid it. Because I think the video actually says, sometimes you need stress to actually help you to achieve some things. But what we don't want to get to is where it becomes depression or anxiety or panic attack and then it starts to affect your mental health. So today I would like you to answer as honest as much as you can on that. And then to move further, one of the things I thought about is rather than focusing much on stress, what actually do you do that motivates you to carry on? So you've signed on to university, you might be in your first year, you might be in your second year, third year master's, PhD, you might be working or in a career or in a profession that you don't even like, but what is it that actually gets you going other than all of this? So that's another question do we need to ask ourselves? And then what is it that we can do? Or what is it that we can stop doing that isn't working? There is a saying that it's only a fool that does the same thing over and over again and expects a different result. So if something's not working, obviously we have to try and do something different. So one of these are one of the areas and things that we, if we think about can actually help us to distress and manage our stress level. So I'm just gonna quickly dive in, because I said, I've seen those slides, I'm gonna quickly go on. So education, 
one of the first things to do, like just like everything else I'm going to talk about might actually apply to other people. And I'm hoping I'm not going to jump into what they're going to be saying to us as well. So first and first is time management. So in, if you're in a career, in work, whatever field you find yourself, you need to know how to manage your time. Um, we're in a society that actually time counts for everything. So if you're not sure on how to manage your time or if you procrastinate a lot, then you are building problems for yourself. So as a student, you've got assignments, you need to plan. You need to, when I was in uni, well, I am kind of still studying. I have a calendar that I actually, the first thing I do once I start, go through my modules and look at all the assignments and the deadlines. Because I fell a victim of that in my third year in my uni, I missed two deadlines in my assignments. So I learned the hard way. So that is one of the things you need to be doing to ensure that you keep on track with things. And then you have, and what I say, excess commitment or engagement. A lot of us, we don't know how to say no. You're, it's good to be part of a society and do this and do that and all of that. But you can't do everything. You can't be in this, be in that, be in your jack of all trade, master of none. You need to learn how to prioritize prioritize your things and set things as they ought to be. So you can't just have, you have assignments due, but you want to go for this event, you want to go for that event, you're still going to come back to that assignment. So you need to know how to reduce the excess commitments around you and or maybe just engage in this later in life. For instance, I've been told sometimes, oh, do you want to be part of this? I say to them, right, it's a good thing. I really love to be part of this. I'm passionate about it. But at this point in my life, especially with, with a new baby, I'm actually not taking so much because I can't deal with it. So you don't want to have that stress. And then you get to a point where you don't deliver because you've got so much happening around you. And then the next thing is to maintain healthy lifestyle. And what do I mean by that? And I'm going to take that and the next one together, avoid unhealthy lifestyle. So rather than, um, so maintain a healthy lifestyle and avoid unhealthy lifestyle. So in other words, exercise, like we said, we've said the lockdown word too many times. Go for a walk, exercise, do some singing, engage yourself if you love kickboxing, whatever it is that you can do to kind of distress yourself. Find yourself doing, even watching a movie is a good one, but try and do something that you know can kind of get your adrenaline pumping and get you those cortisones and those healthy melanin, whatever they're called going on for you. So it's actually a good place to be. And what I mean by avoid an unhealthy lifestyle, things like drugs, because one thing about stress is you can get to a point where if it's not managed, you then find yourself using drugs, hard drugs, alcohol, and even excessive sex, pornographic, things like that can actually affect you. So you need to find a way to not get yourself into that kind of situation. And then ask for help. And I'm really glad um, about the group that you have in the university, because that's actually one of the links that I have actually made of how, how to go out there and ask for help. It's very important that you ask for help and speak to people. You might not know it, but you might know someone who can refer you to somebody. So speak up. Don't ever put your head down like an ostrich. You're just going to not be helping yourself. So try as much as you can. You must, and I always say to people, you must have one or two persons that you can confide in, that you can tell the integrities of your life and not be afraid. So it's very important that you do that. And then in education as well, one of the areas that people struggle with is not knowing how to move on from failure. Some of us, you might be an A student, so you ace all your studies and your subjects. 
you don't have to re-see anything, great, excellent. That, that's what everyone would want to be. But some people struggle academically, even at work. So what I'm, whatever I'm saying to you, I'm also applying it to the place of work. So in the place of work, you find people who manage their time well, deliver, they get all the, um, what do you call them, during their PDP, um, is an A score, everything is excellent, but you have people who struggle. So rather than dwell on your failures and your inabilities, it's okay to deal with them and move on. You always have to move on, try and move on, because when you start to dwell in the past, that's when depression comes in and lack of, I can't do it, starts to come in. And I think I've said about the excessive commitment of say no. And what's happened there? Okay, so career awareness. One of the things, one of the areas that I deal with is also helping people in the area of career. And one of the challenges I've found with young people, okay, I'll use myself as an example. I come from a very medical background. So my parents are all in the medical field, doctors and nurses, pharmacists. So that no one's ever done law. So when I had to go into the law field, it was really challenging. No one could actually help me per se. So it's very important that before you go into choose any career path or anything that you want to do, that you think about the pros and the cons and the challenges and the good things that are about that field, because it's going to kind of help you or prepare your mind or propel you for the challenges when they come. So one of the things, for example, giving law, for example, is a very competitive field. So a lot of lawyers or a lot of students finish a law degree, struggle for years to get a training contract. And you see people fall into depression because of that. So you need to think about that when you're going into a field. You need to research the field you're going into. Things like your medical, like your pharmacy, um, optometry, medicine, you, you're, like, you're going to get a job with NHS. But that's not the same with psychology or law or um, I can't think of any other one now. And then you need to think about if you're going to go into a field that is going to be long hours working. So you're going to be working like, for instance, police officers tend to work on social hours and long hours. You need to think about all those things as well in your career, on your profession, in transitioning from education to career. You need to think about careers that will take you offshore. Like if you're going to be an engineer drilling in the offshore, so you know you're not going to be with your family very often. You need to think about that. So if you're someone who's family oriented, you want to have family around, that might be that might not be the kind of profession or career you might want to pursue but notwithstanding it's still your choice like i said we're here to create an awareness and then you need to think about the pay yes some people are driven by pay whether we like it or not as a matter of fact money is what makes the world go round. so you might be driven by the money that you're going to get from that so some jobs are low paid job whether what no matter what professional level you get to so you need to bear that in mind other professionals will pay you much more. And then you need to be willing to diversify. What do I mean by this? For, for instance, in a career, again, like law, sorry, I'm using law a lot. You might want to come start off saying, I want to be a commercial lawyer. We all know that a commercial lawyer is a field that is very difficult to get into because it's quite competitive. You might start thinking of your niche firms rather than thinking of your, your magic circle firms, the big American law firms. If you can't get something there, you might think of starting from your local firms or doing some pro bono work, doing some charity work, doing some voluntary work to get the experience you need in order not to stress yourself 
in the sense of, oh my God, I'm not getting nothing. So you might want to try doing something different or just going off and then coming back to what you, of course, not going off tangent completely because then you're not going to be helping yourself. And then I always say to people, also consider other career routes that you can take. So for instance, if you want to be a doctor, a lot of people, you might not get the grades you need to get into medicine in university, but you can go in and do biomedical science and then from there you can get your admission some people go abroad like to um ukraine to study rather than the uk if you don't have the finances and the funds for that and i'm going to quickly run through this because it's quite um a lot so one of the things to also be aware is when you're thinking about career and work stress and lifestyle is you need to be thinking to yourself as a professional am i looking for a job that's going to challenge me in the sense of I want to stretch myself and do the best that I want to do because if you're not that kind of person that challenges yourself and then you find yourself in such a job you're going to be not helping yourself then you need to also find your what I call your 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 tick boxes for instance you want a job that's fun filled not every job is fun filled some jobs are more fun filled than others whether we like it or not so some jobs are more laid back more relaxing so if that's you you might want to go for something like that if you want to go for variety then you need to think about those as well find people in those areas and field and speak to them if you think of yourself as someone who's more of a management oriented person though you might so you then you might find yourself being like a line manager working to careers that will get you into such positions so you're not going to be working in isolation really if you're someone who likes people around you because like I'm saying, all these things are what's going to help you to live a less stressful life. So I hope I'm communicating still. And then you need to also think about the money. Yes. Than anything else. So I'm in a job where I'm, sur I'm surrounded by people who've been in the same place for 30 years, 20 years, doing the Am I the other one that can't hear her? I was gonna ask. Yeah, me um, is she is she still on? Nah. Okay. Um I think she should leave and come back on.
Okay. Um, Ruby, is it is it possible that someone else could start? And um, then yeah, that's fine. I think that um, due to the time constraint, we'll just move on. And then when she comes back, we can ask questions and then we'll move on. So um, I think for now, we can continue with faith and spirituality, which would be led by um, Nanaya. Thank you. Okay. Hello, everyone. Um, kindly confirm if you can um, hear me clearly. Um, okay, wonderful. Um, I want to serve a bit of an interactive session. Um, thank you all for inviting me. Um, Flanny and her gang is uh, an honor to, to be here to speak with you on um, spirituality and stress, how um, spirituality, your spirituality can be a tool um, to help you deal with stress. Um, if anybody belongs to any particular, um, or anybody has any particular faith orientation, you can just um, text it in, um, in the chat um, box so that we see um, exactly the kinds of, uh, the sort of diversity that we have on here. Um, pardon me if I tend to lean more on the Christian side because, um, that is where I'm coming from. Um, but feel free to share if I touch on anything that um, probably might work differently um, in your line of faith, please um, feel free to, to share um, how it applies. But I'm going to try and be um, as general as possible so that wherever we are on the faith spectrum, we can relate. All right. so. Um, I'm going to start off with um, trying to define what spirituality is. Um, spirituality is, is kind of is seen as a, a very complex and um, subjective um, construct um, because it, it has so many definitions, so many dimensions. Um, Ultimately, um, it deals with um, a sort of transcendent uh, dimension that gives meaning to existence uh, and the capacity to experience the sacred. Um, I pray that as we go on further, some of these um, technical terms and definitions will become more clear to us. So in more simple terms, um, spirituality um, will be defined as um, to know who you are um, and um, the knowledge of um, yourself, understanding your spiritual qualities and attributes uh, to get to a place of love, peace, purity, and bliss, not from the external, but from the internal. Um, oftentimes, there's um, kind of like a, a pressure to differentiate between spirituality and religion. Some people tend to um, use those two terms interchangeably, but um, there is some difference. 
religion in this strictest sense um, connotes or signifies like a bond between man and a greater than human power. Um, often there's the strive to make that differentiation because um, religion seems to have in some circles a very bad reputation if i may if i may use that because people see it as um you trying to worship god vicariously through other people's experiences and so immediately you mention religion and history has not really been favorable i mean if you look at all most faiths that we commonly practice if you you trace a line of history, there are a lot of um, excesses that give religion a very bad rap. Immediately you touch on that. Um, but there is an aspect of religion that deals with spirituality. And so another definition for spirituality is the experiential, um, um, ex an experiential personal um, 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 encounter that you define for yourself with that higher than human um, uh, divine being. So that if I, depending on where you're coming from, it could be Jehovah God, as the Christians call it, it could be Allah, as the Muslims call it, it could be um, um, whatever deity that, that you may worship. And there's the need to bring that in because if you are a Christian, you realize that, yes, you can be very religious and go through the religious rudiments, the, the, um, the practice of um, the faith. And then you realize that there's a point where you get to where you need to personalize the walk for it to become meaningful and beneficial to you. And that is the realm, that spiritual realm of religiosity that benefits or impacts most when it comes to um, stress. Um, so with the differences, you realize that whilst um, religion might deal with, uh, let's say, something like uh, a faith-based community. Spirituality often deals with an individualized and personalized walk. Um, whilst religion might be seen to be associated with, let's say, an authoritarian, uh, dogmatic community, spirituality tends to focus on the essence of life. Uh, being creative spirited, being or mystical experiences um, beyond what any group or community might define. Um, yeah, so religion would be institutional, spirituality would be more experiential and individualized. Okay. Now, per the definitions of spirituality, the many definitions of spirituality, they center around um, some key words and phrases. Um, I'm going to run through some of them. Um, that would be um, assigning meaning and purpose to life. Um, your ability to um, 
build a connection or a relationship with yourself, with others, with nature, and with a higher being. And, and then uh, spirituality can be defined also along the lines of a belief structure and faith. So through all these, there seems to be like four prominent domains of spirituality. And I'm going to run through it quickly with you because we'll see how all of these help to, um, in, in, in helping us to de-stress. There's the domain that is personal. It relates with how you relate with yourself, how you find meaning and purpose, and you assign value to life and certain things and happenings in life. Your self-awareness as a driving force. What, what is it that motivates you in this life? What is it that makes you happy in this life? What is it that brings you fulfillment in this life? Um, and that is a personal walk and a personal journey that you would need to define for yourself because what might make another person sad would not really, it wouldn't, it's something that you just easily brush off your shoulder. So like um, Stella was talking about how we react to failure. Somebody's outlook on failure is that I cannot survive this. I cannot come out from this. But for you and how you have defined certain things in your life or how you find purpose and you assign meaning and value to certain things. Failure might not be that big of a deal. You might not weigh it on the same scale as another person. So you realize that in the pursuit of spirituality, there's an aspect that is purely personal. Then there is another domain that is communal. Communal in the sense of interpersonal relationships between yourself and others how you relate with others, what influences, how do you perceive others, how you define yourself in the context of how other people see you, um, how you operate within a faith-based community that is communal. Even if you are, let's say, you, you define yourself as a strictly spiritual person, the other people that you identify as being on a spiritual journey with you, what is your relationship with them? How do you relate with them? So that is another domain. A third domain would be environmental. How do you care and nurture for the physical and biological world around you? So you realize that you meet some people and they have very um, a strong sense of, of their environment. They're very attached to the environment and how uh, uh, to take care of the environment and how they, really, they have a certain kind of connection to the environment. You walk outdoors and the sense of awe that you get at the creation around you, it sort of, it sort of inspires you and, and gives you a, a sense of connection with something beyond yourself. And then the last one would be the transcendental. Uh, there are those who believe in um, a connection with something beyond the physical. Something beyond the physical. Uh, we refer to it as a divine being, whether it is with God or with just that deep sense of self. Um, it's, it's, it's that out-of-body experience, that transcendental experience um, that is also categorized as a domain of spirituality. Now, let me move on to 
the mechanisms of spirituality. I've talked about the social aspect of spirituality. So you realize that when you belong to a social network, um, it helps to um, sometimes take the pressure off things. Sometimes being able to talk to people of similar uh, understanding, a similar um, faith, a similar passion, a similar understanding, um, it helps you to unburden yourself of some of the challenges that you go through. Um, I know that this is a university campus and um, especially for the faith-based communities, I know there are several um, um, groups um, around, around campus. It, it wouldn't help to join one. Um, we all come from different faiths and we all come together here and sometimes it's easy to say I'm not home, I'm not in my familiar territory so let me keep to myself. It wouldn't hurt to join um, um, a faith-based group especially if the, the uh, um, what we call the same household of faith. Yes, it would be a wonderful opportunity for you to join that for the social networking part. And then when you talk about the personal aspect of, or the personal domain of spirituality, you realize that it has a direct influence on your lifestyle. Um, Stella mentioned about um, unhealthy practices that you, you, you may sometimes indulge in. Um, you realize that sometimes belonging to a certain faith-based group may mean that certain lifestyles are kind of abhorrent to you. Certain uh, indulgences are things that you do not partake of just because of your spiritual walk. So maybe something like excessive alcohol intake, um, unhealthy sexual behaviors, um, things that are known to um, um, help us or promote make us susceptible to stress or open us up to stresses. It, you might not readily indulge in them just because of your spiritual walk. So it has a direct impact on our lifestyle. Then we talk about psychological factors, your identity, your sense of self. How um, do you define all these things? And in a bit, I'll come to um, coping mechanisms that um, um, spirituality helps, spirituality and faith. And then the last one would be like your meaning, the sense of purposefulness that you assign to things in life. Okay, so why are we talking about um, spirituality and stress? Um, you realize that we all react differently to different situations in, in, in life. Um, we are not all the same. And managing stress is all about taking charge, taking charge of your thoughts, your emotions, your schedule, the way you deal with problems that arise, especially problems that you have not um, predicted, you have not catered for, or sometimes you find yourself in um, a situation where you just feel overwhelmed by events. What do you do? Now, research has found that spirituality 
is a resilient variable that um, is, is produced like some kind of resilience in people that helps them to better cope with stress. Um, I've, I've been preparing for this. I've read several um, research that has been done in medical, especially in medical facilities, and then also in um, educational facilities, how students cope with stress and how especially people who are um, um, in certain debilitating um, illnesses, especially um, ones that um, by and large will lead to the demise of the patients and exactly how their sense of spirituality helps them to deal with the stress and what keeps coming up is that those who are inclined to be religious seem to have better coping mechanisms against the stress of what you're going through um, some Indian researchers did um, uh, this research on, on one of the university campuses and they were trying to ascertain um, um, the same thing. And what they found was that spirituality and stress were like inversely proportional to each other. When spirituality is high, stress tends to be low. And when stress is high, spirituality tends to be low. So the question we are asking is, how resilient are you to withstand against some of the stresses, the common stresses that we encounter in school? And how does your spirituality or your faith, how does it help you? We have different stresses, different responses to the stress that comes our way. Um, one of the ways in which spirituality helps is with your your worldview if i can put it that way worldview would be would be described as like the prism of ideas and beliefs through which you perceive and judge things and the events around you and this is important because often times the things that stresses out is not really the stress event itself, but our perception of that event as a threat to us. So the question then becomes, what is your worldview? What influences how you perceive things? What is the filter through which you judge things? What is, is what, what informs? Um, um, how you process um, 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 the things that happen around you to define one thing as stressful from the other. That it is that worldview that makes our responses to stress different, one person to another. And you realize that there's a, a, a scripture. Um, if, if, if there's a scripture in um, Proverbs 18.14, um, to borrow or to, yeah, to borrow from the Christian perspective, there's a scripture from 
um, um, Proverbs 18:14. He says that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Um, your your faith plays a very important role in how you look at things, in how you define things, in how you you show yourself up against certain things, because it. We acknowledge as a Christian community that we we carry something in us that makes us or that gives us the ability to withstand certain things. We we the spirit that we carry, man is made of a body, he has a soul and he has a spirit. We acknowledge that we carry, there's a part of us that is able to sustain and bear us up in the face of certain things that we go through. You realize that the teachings of your faith gives you a certain mindset. It gives you a certain confidence. It gives you a certain, it helps you to process certain things in a particular way that sometimes gives you an added layer of confidence when certain things come your way. So your faith is important in shaping your worldview that helps you to process and judge and define exactly how you label um, the stresses that come your way whether it is something that you are able to deal with or something that you are not able to deal with. So your faith is important in helping you to do that. Um, I'm going to run through the rest um, quite quickly. Um, another thing that helps us to cope um, um, is meditation, putting yourself in your relaxation mode. And you realize that when you are able to, is a natural quality of, of, of every every person to be able to train your mind and put yourself in the place where um, you free up mental and physical energy to be able to properly, to properly deal with, with issues. So meditation is something that also is important. What do you meditate on? What do you focus on? When you are stressed, can you put yourself in a place where you can disconnect from that which um, um, you deem a threat and put yourself in a in a in a place where you have you 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 calm yourself down. And another way that you can bring yourself to that area of calm is through imagination, putting yourself in a place of calm and peace. Um, another way that you can do that is um, through prayer, prayer is now a noted um, 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 alternative um, treatment, if I can say, um, to, to an alternative therapy to dealing with um, stressful situations. Um, and if you're a person of faith, you realize that all faiths pray. All faiths pray. And so I'd encourage you to pray. If you're a Christian, pray. If you're a Muslim, pray. Whatever it is, pray. <laughs> Whatever you go through, you need to pray. For us, the Christians, we say that, um, he says, 
there's a scripture that says, "They call upon me in 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 the day of trouble. I will I will deliver you." So pray. It would it would it would set your 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 mind um, at ease. And then to conclude, um, the last thing that I'll I'll point out is that um, research has found that spirituality seems to flourish post midlife, which means that when we are young we feel in control of a lot of things and so spirituality is not really something that we pay a lot of um, give particular attention to but in this era that we are in where the whole world is kind of turning topsy-turvy because of COVID please do not if you need a help if you need any help if you're going through any stress of any kind and you find that it's something that is beyond your ability to deal with do not be in that place of um, I'm young, I should be able to do this. If you find that you need the help, reach out to somebody, reach out to a friend, talk to your executives, um, the, 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 the guys from uh, Nightline, if I got the name right. Reach out to somebody, talk to somebody and get the help um, that, we, that you need. Um, so I'll end here and then during the question time, we can take more questions. So thank, thank you for having me. Thank you, Reverend Anaya. Um, I believe that this aspect of um, our life is very, very important. That is why the university has actually invested in the chaplaincy to be able to support all of us as students. So um, if you need help, reach out. The chaplaincy is always available 24-7. To support live beacon is available to support you so reach out when you need help um at this moment would invite um marianne to take us through the session on relationship thank you good evening everyone and thank you la freak and su for inviting us to come along it's a pleasure to be here um I'll be as brief as I can. So relationships and stress and relationships. Um, I mean, according to the dictionary, we say that it, relationship is a way in which two or more people or things are connected or the stage of being connected. And there are different types of relationships. Um, there are family relationships, friendships, um, acquaintanceships, and romantic relationships. But one of the greatest stresses of relationships is trust. Um, there are other aspects of it, which is like key of acceptance, communication, respect, and boundaries. Those are all the things I note, and those are the things I work with in terms of um, relationships. Those are the things I scale relationships on. Um, I mean, all these things determine the difference between being in a healthy relationship and in an unhealthy relationship. And being in an unhealthy relationship is what causes us stress. Um, one of the first things that we need to consider when we're entering into any relationship is not the benefits. And unfortunately, we live in a world where a lot of people are in relationships because of benefits. Whether you like it or not, you do enter a relationship based on benefits, even in friendships. Um, you need to try not to do that, by the way, because if, if the more you enter a relationship for benefits, that relationship will never be long-lasting. That's just by the way. So. Um, like I said, um, what is your purpose of getting into, into a relationship? 
What is your purpose of staying in a relationship? What is the purpose of building a relationship? Our greatest desire as human beings is to be loved by our parents, in our family relationships, in our friendships, in our acquaintanceships, even there's still a certain element of love and trust and acceptance and communication and respect and boundaries that we do expect. Um, I mean, we all need someone to care for us. We all deserve to be in a healthy relationship, in a loving relationship. And at every point, at every level we are in, most especially being with the right people around us is what we all want. So um, in terms of communication, this at a time, I'm pointing out specifically these five or so um, items that causes us stress in relationships. So I'm going to be very brief. I mean, communication. To have a healthy relationship, you must be ready to communicate. I mean, even especially when it is difficult. Um, most of you are at uni right now, and it is not even easy to have a communication between yourself and your tutors. Um, I've recently gone back to school myself, and I'm even struggling to make friends. And naturally, people think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very friendly human being. No, I'm an anti-human being. I do not like human beings. But I have to force and make every effort to build on relationships. It is such an effort for me. It's not so natural. But I realized that I have to develop relationships to help me to study. So all the things we've talked about, career, faith, and blah, 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 it's all, they, are all in, they all include relationships. They all are things you have to build on to make relationships with people to excel in these areas. Um, being honest is such a stress for most people because nobody wants you to know what's inside of them. So being honest about what you think of someone or what they think of you are one of the hardest things to do in relationships. I mean, it is such an uncomfortable thing to, for, for you to express yourself or, or for you to tell your friend, you know what, I actually do not like that red dress on you. Or to tell your mom the truth that, okay, mom, um, I'm no longer a virgin. But how can your relationship be built on trust when you cannot be comfortable to share such information? Um, it is important to thoroughly know what the other party expects from you either as a family member or as a friend, um, the moment you cease to communicate, the relationship has begun to die. And respect, taken into my next point, is reciprocal, as they say. There are many aspects of the relationship that needs to be respected. We all have to understand that everyone has their own opinion. I mean, I always say that I am not offended by your opinion. I'm not, I don't need to think about what you think to rather hurt me. Rather, it's your opinion. Why do I have to stress about your opinion? It is your opinion. Understand that people have their opinions. You might not like it. It might not suit your taste buds, but they're entitled to their opinion. It doesn't have to make you who you are. It doesn't have to stress your brain and make it start self-doubting. That is their opinion. But what do you think of yourself? Those are the things that you need to focus on in every relationship you're in. Um, I mean, I, I, I always think that you have to understand that focusing on being considerate is more important than anything in the relationship when it comes to respect. You have to be considerate, like I said, of people's opinion, how they feel, how they want things to be done. I want to put my socks in the fridge. You want to put your socks in the drawer. It is what I want. You might not like it. I mean, most of you have flatmates and I'm sure you have very clean flatmates. You have very messy flatmates. You have OCD flatmates. There are all types of flatmates, but these things should not cause you stress, especially if when I remember when I was in undergrad, I would keep your plates to the side. I don't have to argue with you. I don't need to knock on your door and tell you, oh, can you come and clean yourself? It's getting on my nerves. I, I clean a toilet every time I want to use it. Whether I'm at home 
or I'm in public place. I would clean the toilet. So I do not, I cannot fathom why people have stress over things as small as that. Can you imagine if you were to put it on a scale of one to 10, how much time you stress over little things every day? So you stressing over that toilet, which one is better? Cleaning it and moving on and having your number one or two or spending time to go knock on your flatmate's door, um, getting worked up, getting upset, getting your, I mean, you're developing headaches, which is easier. Put it on a scale. Moving on to boundaries. Um, I believe that boundaries can be relative. I specifically do not understand boundaries in marriages. I, I mean, I'm going to say my husband would tell you, I don't understand boundaries in marriages. I'm taking it to that level because I wanted to go there before I go to anywhere else. Because that's one thing that I, I'm, I'm, that's my, that's my, that's my, um, how do I say it? That's my thorn, that I don't understand boundaries in marriages. Now, when you're single or when you're a family member, there are many boundaries that can be, that can be looked at. Like I said, boundaries are relative, but that's my opinion. That's my opinion. So when you're single, yes, you don't want the person to know your PIN number. You don't trust them yet. It takes you back to the trust. Respect that they're not ready to also tell you their PIN number. Respect, which creates the boundaries. Understand that at a certain stage of the relationship, a certain level of trust has not been built enough for somebody to trust you. And you have to respect that they are not there. They are not at that level of trust. For, you to, for them to give you such information or tell you about their past. Some people don't find it very easy to talk about their past. Respect that. It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't want you or they don't love you or they don't care for you. It's just the fact that they're not ready. So respect people's boundaries. Understand that, you know, for example, when your bus enters into your home, into your bedroom, you're in your robe or you're in your shorts, you're in your pajamas. Now that is crossing a boundary your boss cannot enter into your home or into your bedroom while you're there but can your boss barge into your office absolutely so because the level of relationship has changed can your mom barge into your room when you're under the age of 18 yes she can there are different types of boundaries i mean i always say that there are three stages of a child's life there's a point where um your parent can still tell you what to do can still influence you greatly and there's a point where they have to respect you and understand that there is now boundaries. I mean, I can't imagine my mom barging into my brother's room in his approaching 40s of age. I mean, it would be shocking. His wife would freak out. But at this stage where maybe um, some of you might be 18, I don't know how old you are. And you freaked out on your parents all the time that they did those things. You were not an adult according to law. So that boundaries was not meant to be respected. And some of you have even developed hatred for your parents or your mothers or your fathers for doing things like that to you when you were little. At that stage, that was their rights. They were allowed to, 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 to barge in into that room whereby you're on the phone chatting to a boy or things like that. That was their rights. There comes a time where they can no longer do that. So understand that even when it comes to family members, there are times in which that we don't have to respect boundaries. Um, like I said, remember, boundaries is relative. I mean, um, what is that? I'm just trying to rush through because I know we've spent too much time. Key of acceptance. I mean, I was once told that the first thing you like about someone is the same thing that is coming to annoy you the most. That same thing you liked about this boy who is so confident, who has this swagger, who is so um, famous amongst everyone. It's that same thing you're going to be so jealous about later. It's that same thing that's going to annoy you. That friend who's so assertive, who's a go-getter, who, who likes to do things a certain way. 
Oh, you see that? Oh, you're, you're alike. You're similar. I promised you that same thing you admired in that friend is going to annoy you. So I accept that this is how this person is. Accept that my mom is annoying. She talks too much. Accept that this person just likes to not shave their armpits. You met them like that. You met them like that. You knew that they did not like to shave their armpits. You know that they don't like their hair kept. Why do you have to keep telling them that? Why are you not keeping your hair? The key of acceptance is very important. Accepting somebody as they are. I mean, I'm not saying that people cannot change. I believe in change. I believe that you should always strive to change as a person. But I also know that you cannot force change. But how can you encourage change? Through being supportive. I'm not very good at this, by the way. I must be honest. I mean, when you're far from me, I'm better off advising you. But when you're so close, I might be so, I can be too muddly. I become that, you know, that, that swan who wants to, you know, look over all, all, all his cheek and all it's like a, like a bird or like a, like a chicken who wants to make sure that you don't, the crocodile doesn't take his chicks away. That's like me. But when you're far away, it's easier. So find people who will accept you for who you are. But also you start with you. Accept people for how they are. Sow a good seed of love and hopefulness and encourage people to change for the better. Now, once again, I want to talk about trust. I mentioned it in the beginning, but I didn't touch much about it. But you see, trust helps us to build a high level of confidence in every relationship we have. Most marriages do not last because the foundation of trust they had was not great in the beginning. Most relationships fall because of that low level of trust. But you see, trust is the one thing that gives you confidence in every relationship you're in. And I left this to the last because without trust, you cannot build on all of these other aspects that I have spoken about. You know, we have a scripture. I just want to throw this scripture in. I can't help it. In Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And it says, he will make your path straight. So which means that if I transcend this into a relationship with a friend or with a mother or with even my tutor, if I want my tutor to help me pass, to help my path straight, I have to trust and lean not on my own understanding what I'm expecting my tutor to do for me. I have to go with what my tutor thinks is best. Because I'm, I'm expecting something from my tutor. I'm expecting my tutor to, to give me the best advice to help me do well in my dissertation. Or I'm expecting my beloved, somebody who I want to be with, to spend the rest of my life with, to trust me. But I must trust them. I must believe that whatever journey we want to go on, I have, to, I have to lean into their own bubble, which is their own boundaries, which is respecting them. So without all of these other things I've mentioned, you cannot build on trust. You know, I, was, I, once, I once read um, a statement um, saying that having a healthy relationship is defined by knowing each other's um, passcodes. That's not true. Knowing your passcode does not determine having a healthy relationship. I can give you my, I give people my passwords easily. You, anybody who knows me, look, I'll just type in my, I don't care about my passwords. I don't, I believe, I don't believe in secrets anyway. But that doesn't define how healthy our relationships is. Trust is earned and is not automated. Boundaries, respect, key of acceptance, they are all earned. They're not just automatic things that happen in relationships. So stop stressing yourself about what you expect someone to do. Be a better person. You develop yourself in all of these areas. And I believe that by sowing that seed of hope, of change, you begin to reap the benefits of a healthy relationship. Thank you very much.
Wow, thank you. Thank you, Lady Maria. Um, it's time for questions. I've actually learned a lot um, sitting here and, and listening, and I hope that we've all learned something, but we should, we should ask questions, anything that you want to know. Um, you can put it in the chat if you don't want to talk, but um, we would also summarize everything that they've said and we'll put it on our platforms, our social media platforms. So you can read about it, you can ask questions, and then we would answer the questions as well. So before, we have just like nine minutes. I think that uh, um, Lady Stella is back, so we would let her take us, finish up what she was talking to us about on career and, career and education. So um, let's give it nine minutes. I hope, Isibi, that's fine with you. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Okay. So. Hi, sorry about that. I think nine minutes is a lot, actually. I'll be done in like four minutes. Sorry about that. It's technology. <laughs> right. So just very quickly, I, I've had to skip a lot of slides. So one of the areas of knowing also managing stress is to identify your strengths and your weaknesses. However, having said that, I always tell people there isn't anything like your weaknesses. Rather, I say that there are strengths, there are things that you haven't actually worked on to strengthen them. So, for instance, say you're, you're indecisive. So some people struggle to make decisions. By constant practicing or finding yourself in an environment or situation that forces you to think will get you thinking quick on your face. So there isn't anything like necessarily your weaknesses because when people say that weakness, a lot of people just kind of benchmark on that and don't want to get involved or don't want to bother themselves anymore because, oh, this is my weakness. This is not your weakness. It's just something you've not taken time to work on to enhance or practice more to become better. So it's very important to, to do that. And I, I made a list of few things, but because of time, I'm going to quickly run through it. So you need to find out, are you someone who's very good at self-control? Because if you don't have self-control, you're going to be slipping all through your academic year. You're going to be slacking to do, get those CVs out there to get yourself a job. Are you ambitious? If you're not ambitious, then again, and that's some of the factors that you have to be thinking about. If you're thinking of going into IT, then you have to think innovative. You have to be an innovative person who likes change, who's driven for change and fast paced environment. And if you want some fields that you go into, you need attention to details. So there's some areas that you need to identify yourself in. And then um, final, one of the final areas of, as well that helps in reducing stress in career mm -hmm. and academics is your style of learning. Um, you need to know whether you're a visual person, audio, touchy person. So I put like, are you an activist? So you're a doer. You like to be in groups and talk about things, then it sinks into you. Are you more of a reflector? So you like to watch things like a video clip and observe things. So you might find yourself in more of a practical environment to see things as they play or unfold. Are you someone who's more of a thinker? So you like your theory. You like to see your stats and figures and rationals behind things. And then are you a pragmatic person? So you like to apply facts to situations so you need to find what works for you like for instance just a quick example while i was studying on my undergrad 
and I think when I did my law school, actually, I bought this pen. I think it's called like a spy pen. I take it to my lecture just to record things because I have to listen to things over and over again. That's me. I listen and then I make notes and I, I love writing. So and sometimes when you're someone who learned by listening and writing, when you write, you miss things out and then you're stressing up. So if you take like a recorder into lecture, maybe you need to ask for permission to do especially with COVID lectures are now online so you can watch them over and over again so you need to really know what works for you and then just take it from there and then finally is mentorship you can't I tell you the truth you can't go far sometimes in life without a mentor because a mentor basically someone who's gone ahead of you someone who's done what you're trying to achieve so why don't you just pick and and learn rather than having to go do those things yourself and i also say to people you know you find people say oh be my mentor be my mentor but you need to prepare yourself to mentor others so mentor to be mentored is also a good way some of us were very good to receive when the receiving end but we don't want to give out but those are skills that you need to build and for, coming from an employer point of view i worked for civil service and one of the reasons why they use um competency base or such they call it um what's the word now it's a new thing they've changed. It's no longer competency-based. I think it's like success rate, something like that, to recruit. is because they want to know you for who you are and how well you fit into a job. So it's not just, that's why you see someone who got a third class can still get a good job because they might have got the third class because maybe they weren't very good with exams or they might have had a challenge during their studies. Um, so, or some people might have encountered some kind of bereavement or something that affected their results. But this person is very competent. So a lot of recruiters recruit on the basis of competency. So what have you done? What experiences do you have? What is, how can you handle stress? Give me an example where you manage stress. Give me an example when you've had to lead in a role. So if you're not ready to be mentored or mentor, you're limiting yourself. So when you get then thrown into the deep end, you're trying to find yourself. So it's very important. And I say to people, in, when it comes to academics, a good mentor can be your lecturer or your tutor or your personal tutor or your course leader or someone else in that field. But when it comes to work, please, please, please do not use your manager or your line manager. Reason being simple, conflict of interest. I fell a victim of that. So people are quite, pardon me to say, quite shallow-minded or myopic in their thinking that when you ask a line manager to manage you, they're thinking you want to take over their job. And sometimes it's human nature to be defensive as well. So don't, if where possible, don't use your line manager, go out of line and ask for maybe, even someone maybe in a different department to actually mentor you or go into your mentorship schemes at work um, in workplaces they have a lot of well mentorship things that they do in universities they have i'm sure there's some sessions that they do run things like that that can help you to get on um, and, and kind of like progress yourself and because education is not just about your degree and what you learn it's about life skills that you learn as you go along and like we talked about relationships your faith how you manage situations as they come along so mentorship is a very very big one and i'm gonna stop there and so I, what i did <laughs> i did as well was to put some links um, and i'm glad that your university universe of love bro you've brought in this in the night light people so you need to for if if you need support with stress if you're stressed out and you need support in any area 
first thing first, I always, I love my family, family first. I'm so privileged to have a family that is really there for me. I know not everyone has that opportunity, but if you really do utilize your family, family, friends and community is a very good place to find solace and support. And then mind the website, obviously, which is right for mental health or give you guidelines on what to do, how to distress and all of that. And there's this mindfulness as well. I, I got involved at work like five minutes. They allow us to go out like and just do this headspace exercise thing just to relax your mind and then come back to your desk. You can have it on your phone. I think there's an app for it as well. You can just breathe in, breathe in exercises and all of that. So that helps as well. And your university counseling team, you can have other resources and universities. So if you're someone who um, one of your challenges is during exams, you just can't cope. You might want to go to library to read rather than being at home because then you can have that space and that academic mindset to do that. So utilize the resources you have around the university for career wise. Go for um, go for, for affairs. <laughs> Someone much was one time said when I was really naive and ignorant. I remember going for academic fairs or career fairs. I, I like go there just to pick pens because I have obsession with pens. So I pick all the pens and all the freebies and just never bother speaking to them. You're just proper shooting yourself on the poop. So go for those things. Speak to someone. Speak to them. You might even there find someone who's in house who can actually help you. Tell you more about the organization that you're interested in, and you can actually ask to go in there to work to find what the firm or what the organization is like. And doing all this, you're kind of helping yourself really and kind of setting those ladders. Because one challenge we tend to have, especially this generation, we want to jump too high. And when you set that massive space and you're trying to jump from here to there, it's too big a space. But when you build gradually, you find yourself being more realistic with your goals. And then finally, you, you, you can use your business links local business links where they advertise jobs, advertise careers and professions and things that happen in the society, in the community, in your local area. And I encourage people to listen to podcasts a lot. You will learn a lot from that as well. And I know someone mentioned about NHS and GPs. They can refer you for therapies, yoga. I know some people have their reservation about yoga, but <laughs> they work as well. And also there's the Let's Talk Wellbeing as well so those are the links like i said i'm like ruby said i think we might be leaving this for you guys to use and if you have any questions i'm happy to answer them either here or out of out of line or out of camera and that's it from me thank you so much for your patience and allowing me to finish thank you <laughs> thank you very much lady stella <laughs> um Yep, I think you, you can stop sharing now. Yeah, I'm doing trying to do that now. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like like I said, I think that we are we are very privileged to be in a very good university where we have most of these facilities available to us for free. Um we have the faith and spirituality center where you can go. Um when it comes to a career if you there's a career section where you can actually go for advice and support in doing your cvs and all of that and as um lady um, stella said um in terms of looking for a job it's not just about having a, a first class or a distinction it's about being mentored and how to what you have actually done and what you are capable of doing and 
we are privileged to have opportunities to take part in action, being part of a committee, being a chair of a committee, or even if you are in the hall, being a chair of the hall, it all adds up to your CV and it gives you a good experience on, of how to relate with people, how you manage people and all of that. And having all those things on your CV actually helps you when you leave the union, even in getting um, employment before you finish uni. So I would, I would encourage all of us to take opportunity, to take advantage of the opportunities that we have on campus. Even though we are in lockdown, we'll soon be out of lockdown. So next, next academic year, you can actually participate in most of these um, action, action activities and be part of a committee on campus and then have something to show that you can actually be, you can actually take care of somebody in terms of work. You can actually um, do be more proactive and be a good leader as well. So um, I think somebody has just asked a question um, about Life Beacon. Um, if you want to be mentored or coached, um, please, I think Flanny has just put it out there. Our platforms are available. So please, um, like it and follow us and then you can get in contact with us the email address is there you can just send us an email but like i said everything that we have talked about today we are going to put it in the blog and send it out on our on our social media platform facebook instagram and twitter it would be there so you can actually go back and listen to it and send us emails on any questions you have and then we'll get back to you on it um thank you very much I think I would, I would leave you to a CV to continue with the event. Thank you very much, Life Beacon, and Nightline as well for speaking. You um, all have been very helpful, and I think I can speak for everybody else. We've learned a lot. And I hope that you haven't just come just to listen, but like actually take stuff away. I mean, I wrote notes as well, so thank you very much. Uh, now I'm going to give the floor to Lizzie Watts, who's going to talk about the mental health services on campus. Um, Lizzie? Hi, thanks Lizzie for inviting me on and thank you everyone. I'm really sorry I didn't catch the beginning, but listening to you speak is really inspiring. Thank you so much um, for coming and speaking to us. Um, I'm, I'm just a student here at Loughborough, um, but I'm really passionate about mental health and I'm a massive advocate for everyone getting therapy. I think everyone needs it at some point in their life. And um, I'm just here to tell you a little bit about the counselling services that we have at Loughborough. So there's this uh, student wellbeing and inclusivity team, and we have lots of different services within that. So there's the disability support, the mental health support team, the counselling team. Um, I'm personally uh, seeing a counsellor at the counselling team right now. Her name's Liz. She's the loveliest woman in the world. She's amazing. Um, and then if you want uh, to get support for a diagnosed mental health condition, you can see the mental wellbeing team as well. So I'm... I think I accidentally posted something in the chat. It was supposed to be this whole thing. So um, the services that we have at Loughborough, they're not a crisis team, but I've put some links um, 
some numbers there if there is a crisis and you needed to call someone but if you're looking to get um, counselling on a longer term basis um, then you can fill in the form on the link that I've sent there and you'll get a um, assessment that can last like 30 to 50 minutes and then from there you can access six weeks of counselling and you can tailor that to whatever you need so you don't have to have anything specific in mind if you need someone just to talk to I know I kind of like have a coffee and a chat with my counsellor a bit and it just helps me get through my week a little bit better so if anyone is struggling right now I really would encourage you to seek out some support either from the faith and spirituality team or from this team or from any of the wonderful people that we've heard about today um, and Asibi's also allowed me to chat a little bit about an open letter that I've written to VC Bob. So um, at the moment, you can only access um, six weeks of counselling at a time. And then you have to wait another six weeks and then you can go back onto the waiting list. And I really feel as though because we're in such a difficult time at the moment, if we, if we've seen mental health becoming a, a real issue for students around the UK at the moment. I wrote this letter to ask VC Bob and the management team if we can increase funding for the disability, um, the inclusivity services here at Loughborough. So it's um, a form for students. So if they believe in the cause and they think that, you know, we should increase funding for mental health services here at Loughborough, specifically for the student wellbeing and inclusivity service, they can put their email in, um, their student email and their name and we're going to send that off via the LSU in a couple of weeks time. So if anybody would like to sign that, I'd really appreciate it. I think we've currently got around 500 signatures, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, that's my piece done. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Lizzie. So like, again, I'd like to thank everybody for coming. Um, has anyone got any questions at all for anybody? For Nightline, for Life Beacon, for Lizzie. Um, okay. So if not, then I think I'll just end the end the event. So it's officially over. You can stay behind to talk, anything like that. But thank you everyone for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm so sorry. Flanny wanted to talk. I totally forgot. Flanny, are you still here? Yeah, I am. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Anyone who's not left already, we've had like 10 <laughs> Sorry. Uh, since we're talking about stress, La Freak Society, we, we, one big part of our mission is to help anyone in our immediate environment and also obviously people who are from the countries that we're representing in the society so people back home and right now our project is for an orphanage in cameroon it's for uh we're currently trying to raise we're literally not trying to raise much it's 150 pounds basically every single thing that they're looking for right now to feed the children to get books for the children to get um um clothes to get shoes for them and to basically make a better study environment for them and obviously we're talking about awareness of stress and we face our daily stresses but i feel like 
children back home who literally the level of stress that I can possibly relate to, not even on the highest level. But um, so the point is that we'll be planning on doing fundraisers. We'll do one next week. There's lockdown, so there's nothing physical. It's that is just going to be a link that will around and anyone who wants to donate anything it would be amazing if you do like i said we're just trying to raise 150 pounds so that's like it's so small to us but it's so much to them so whoever invited you if they're related to l'afrique they'll send you the link and when they do all i can say is please donate it would be amazing that's all i had to say god bless you thank you thank you buddy i'm sorry i forgot <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys.